Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, Michael Teal Presbyterian Church. I am delighted to share this message with you, first one as your pastor incoming. What a blessing and a joy. We are so excited and thrilled to be getting ready to head out there very soon. It's taken a little longer than we thought and hoped, but God is good and God is faithful and leading us providing for us and we trust god will continue to do that thank you for your patience we can't wait we feel so graced by this opportunity to come and be with you and for me to be your pastor and my family to be part of your community as well we're all super excited it's a dream come true for us really and so thank you praise god and here we go Uh, let's look at matthew 21 on this palm sunday as they approached Jerusalem, verse 1, and came to Bethphage to the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there, with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to his daughter Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds went ahead of him, and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus had entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. God always blesses the reading of God's holy word. Come now, Holy Spirit, lead us again. I pray the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts will be pure and acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen, amen, amen. A donkey doesn't move very fast. A donkey is no stallion. A donkey isn't necessarily very efficient. A donkey isn't obviously impressive. Jesus, our Lord, entering Jerusalem to begin his ascension as our king, the king of the world, king of the universe. He has no army. He makes no effort to go out ahead of there and scout potential political allies. He doesn't look for polling on his status in the community. He doesn't look at focus groups in Jerusalem to see um, how his ascendance is, is rising. He says, go get a donkey. If anyone says anything to you, he says, tell them the Lord needs them. Tell them the Lord needs them. The Lord needs. Well, obviously, God doesn't technically need anything. But God in Jesus Christ has made it so that he collaborates with us as humanity in his mission. Hence, God avails himself to the experience of human need and says, go get me 
not an army, not a pole, not allies up ahead, but a donkey to ride down that hill. And I've walked on that hillside coming down in Jerusalem and Israel. It's an awesome walk and is and uh, coming into Jerusalem there. And as you walk down the valley and the walls of Jerusalem seem to look a little higher as you go down, down, down. And he's on a donkey. Now, for sure, there's only one Palm Sunday. There's only one time that the king of the world and the universe has ever done this. Um, but this is how he did it. And in a sense, he's still doing it. He's still on the move, right? Moving into our world, asserting his kingship. And he's looking for us to partner with, to go get what he needs, in a sense, to move in his reign into a waiting, desperate world. What is he asking you and I to go get him? What are the ways that God now hitches a ride into people's lives in the flesh? You know, it could be as simple as having going and getting lunch with somebody and being a presence with them in their struggle. We, Jill and I just did that this past week with someone who's actually a, a, a leader in the community and has got some struggles going on that a lot of people don't know about. And we're able to be with this person and encourage them. And the kingdom of God comes as we eat our sandwiches on a simple table. It's not any huge, big fireworks, Steven Spielbergian thing. It's people over lunch, but we become, in answering God's nudge to go have lunch with this friend, we become that walk down the dusty hill and dusty life and re reminding and showing this, this person that God is on the move, even in this person's pain and recent loss and recent travail. It may not be like you expect, but God is on the move, a simple lunch, a simple donkey. Maybe God asks you to go plant flowers for somebody or go make a phone call with somebody or do something as a sign. What's your donkey? This is the thing. We think in big, huge terms about the kingdom of God. But as Dale Brunner says, God's a modest Messiah. He comes not in a chariot, but on a donkey. Think of scratchy donkey hair you know, slow-moving animal down a dusty hill. Where are you and I called? As we live into, as we echo and live into this kingship that still reverberates, once and done forever there on that day, and yet still reverberating through the world, where are you and I called to meet up in simple ways, to be that donkey or to go get the donkey or whatever, in whatever way, shape, or form? But lest we think that you know we're called just as christians to to go do good and you know do this is not just do something nice for somebody we got to read the code here to understand that just wasn't just about you know brightening someone's day it is really about announcing a kingship into the world that's the code from zechariah 9 9 he says see your king comes to you he's quoting the prophet matthew is See your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, on the colt, the fall of a donkey. Read on a little further in the book of Zechariah, and we find that this donkey riding figure is going to do huge, 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 huge stuff. 
there are chariots and war horses that break the bow and proclaim peace from sea to sea, from sea to sea to the ends of the earth. That's Zechariah nine ten. So from this donkey platform, God does God's thing, God sized things. So make no mistake, the call to go get the donkey and to go, um, you know, plant a bush for somebody or take someone to lunch is not merely a call to do good. It is a call to proclaim a reign in unexpected small kindnesses. The reign of Jesus Christ enters the world in a million acts of small kindnesses and care that are both words and deeds are spoken to proclaim his reign and does so loudly. But it is his reign. It is a reign of a king. It is not just a reign of niceness, you know, it's a reign. And Jill and I, by God's grace, I think we're able to hopefully convey to this person we had lunch with of being part of something. I hope that's what we did. We probably could have done it better, I guess. Looking back, you always critique yourself. But you want to be able to say, invite people in to not only encouragement, but to see themselves in, as part of something bigger. That when we do little things, kindnesses is not just a day brainer. It's an invitation to this bigger kingdom. And um, I think God used us. How does God want to use you in that way? What's your donkey? What's your little thing to proclaim a big king? What's your little thing to proclaim a big king? We like to think, and we often feel the need for, a Maximus Decimus Meridius type figure, like in Gladiator. You know, when he comes and he you know, takes on the, the riders in the Roman Colosseum and leads his other gladiators to unexpected victory. God does do that but in his way. And we're going to get to that in a second. So there is that bigger picture, but it starts with a donkey, not a stallion, not a Sherman tank. How is God going to call you this week to find your donkey or to be a donkey for somebody to experience the king in a little thing? For someone to experience the king in a little thing. That's how he rolls. The kingdom of God enters in on a million acts of kindness, a million small acts of kindness and caring words that invite people into something bigger. But it is the act of a king. And the crowd gets this to an extent. A very large crowd, verse 8, spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from trees and spread them on the road. Branches were part of celebration of the people of Israel through various um, festivals and such and part of their celebrating their national identity. You can find it on their coins and such. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Dale Bruner, a wonderful scholar, a biblical Presbyterian, a biblical scholar, evangelical, says, Hosanna literally means save, please. Save. And so the crowd gets that. And we see in the words here too, the signs of royalty with the son of David. Hosanna to the son of David. Save son of David. Save royalty. They're, code, they're decoding the code here. Probably some of them are thinking of Zechariah. They know the setup. They know what to expect and deliver. But here's the thing. They have certain expectations for what that's going to mean. The expectation is that this deliverer is going to come in and kick Rome out. Displace the oppressor now. Political salvation, social political deliverance, an understandable heartfelt need they felt. And so when they see him, they get excited because they've been under the heel of Rome for so long. Garrison living down the street, 
it gets bothersome, right? So Hosanna in the highest, save us, save us, please. Well, we give them points for exuberance. The palms, the cloaks, they get it. They get something's going on here, something big. They may see the little thing but of the donkey, but they get the code that this means it's the king. However, when they shout this, and we see evidence of this coming you know, later on, that's clear that, as one scholar has put it, even though Jesus is in some places perceived dimly as the Messiah, he was not perceived as the suffering servant. So save, but not that way. <laughs> save this way. We want, you, we want you to save us this way, not that way. Right? It was harder, as this one scholar put it, for them to grasp, the crowd to grasp, the inevitability of the suffering and death that Jesus had to live and the expansion of the people of God beyond the Jewish race. Save was a lot bigger than they ever imagined. They're probably thinking, save us this way, like I said, save us politically, but God had bigger plans. That impacted that, certainly, that immediate, their perspective on the immediate political situation, but it was much bigger. Well, when we praise God, we all do the same thing. We all bring our needs and our, our desires and, our, and what we want and how we want to be saved to God. Save us, God, from this, I don't know, difficult um, relationship I'm in. Or save me, God, from this chronic pain I have. St. Paul talks about that himself. He says three times he asked God to deliver him. And by so here, by meaning save, I don't just mean eternal life. That is true, and that is a promise. But salvation is not just the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Salvation is a whole life thing. It breaks into the now. It's eternity with God that begins now in our relationship with him, through which we grow more and more in his likeness daily, through his spirit and his work. And St. Paul says, work out your salvation, for it is God at work in you right? Work out your salvation for it is God at work in you. So we work with God in the saving he does. But we all have expectations about what that's going to look like. We all have expectations about what we want to, what we want to see there. We can bring that to God. We can bring that to God in worship and we're free to do that. But as we do that, as we bring our Christ Hosanna, we want to also receive what he's telling us salvation really means. So bring your hosannas, bring your praises, bring your exuberance, bring those palms, but also bring the engagement. We want exuberance and engagement with God so that we can lift up our praises to God, say, save, save, and then let God tell us how God is saving us. Save me, God, from this one really difficult relationship I have. And God says, as we listen, I am saving you by making you more patient. Save us, God, as, as we have cried in my family, by getting our house sold quicker than we were seeing it. And God says, I am saving you by helping you to trust me. Again, saving as sanctification as well as justification and salvation. Saving as not just getting to heaven, but saved a saved life. Saving not just to save from, but saved for, right? We are saved from hell and from sin by grace through faith for the world, 
for God's proclamation to be part of God's mission. So it's a journey with, a, with an endpoint in eternity, but salvation covers it all. We're working our salvation out through the whole thing. So when we say save us, bring our salvation, we're asking God to tell us as well, how are you doing that right now? Show me, reveal that to me. Save, Lord. Bring those expectations and desires you have and then let God interpret his salvation for you in those moments. So that's the call, I believe, of our text today. Go and get that donkey and be that donkey to help ride uh, with Jesus on his announcement of his kingdom coming in and his salvation coming. And then pray and praise God and give him glory and be exuberant and share your needs and expectations. But then listen for what he tells you he's doing. Save us, God. Uh, as Dale Bruner puts it, in a way that's saying, another way to say that text is, we need a special salvation. And we do. And we all, in some ways, need a unique salvation. Again, we all get saved from death in eternity with life in Christ. But each one of us has our own issues, right, that we're needing to be saved from. So, God, save me from this. And then let God say, yes, Matthew, yes, I'm telling you, here's how I'm working to save you now. Here's how I'm working out salvation as a gift, but also a process through which we receive the gift that is ours in Christ Jesus. A status conferred, a gift given that we work out our whole lives. Hosanna in the highest. He is an omnicompetent, capable Savior. And we just want to listen for all the ways that salvation works out in our lives. So as we cry Hosanna and call to be saved, we listen for God and how God is saving us precisely in our daily life. May you go and get or be the donkey and may you worship God exuberantly and listen for all the ways God is saving you for he is faithful. Can't wait to be with you. We'll share Easter with you next week and we'll be out there shortly after that. God bless you.